Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 okay so derek this is something that the uh, the folks over at the texas uh, policy group has been working on for quite some time i've had your people on two or three times here at cpac this is my 11th cpac in a row so i've had you guys on mm-hmm. You started this whole process of looking at, at crime and, and punishment, basically. Mm-hmm. What has worked and what hasn't worked? Mm-hmm. Well, I can t- tell you really easily up front what hasn't worked is the left's prescription on criminal justice. They just would like to open the prisons, let out 50 percent or more, based solely on these issues of, of racial equality and these half-baked notions of what actually constitutes as a legitimate role of government. Well, as conservatives, you know, we can serve our institutions. We understand that, you know, our police, our prison systems, our prosecutors, our judges, you know, while there might be individuals who have uh, certain issues, are wholly good and necessary for the public good. So rather than denigrating them, we say, how is the process working? What is the outcome we want? Well, the outcome we want is obviously increased public safety. We want it to be safer on the streets for you, me, and our families. What we are not going to do is say, we need, here's an arbitrary target, let's just cut by that. So to get from there to there, what we, go, what we look at is, how are we using our community corrections? You mentioned the revolving door. That's yeah. because you don't necessarily have those different you know, pressure relief valves, probation, parole, whatever the case may be. And actually, people are getting let out the back end early. People that, for public safety reasons, should not be getting let out. Meanwhile, you have these low-level offenders, if they're drug dealers, or not drug dealers, drug users, I should say. You know, maybe they just have an addiction problem. Maybe there is an alternative for them that has to deal with more with treatment, getting them off the substance, whatever it may be, rather than having them getting the frequent flyer miles in our prison system. Okay, so we do this in, in Arkansas with the new drug courts. Mm-hmm. A person's got an addiction problem. Instead of incarcerating them, they try to help them kick whatever their addiction is. But there are some people... It doesn't matter how much you try to help them unless they want to get off of it themselves. They'll never get off of of the junk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you do with those folks? Do you have to lock them up? You know, it's sad to admit, but you do get to a point where some people need to get locked up, even for the minor offenses. And especially if you look at some of the problems that are happening with the legalization pushes that have happened in Colorado and the ones that have obviously gone through in Washington and whatnot. You have these people that have severe substance abuse problems, and, you know, it's leading to a really reduced quality of life, but you have, you don't have that force of law to compel them to, to clean themselves up. You know, in Texas, we do have drug courts, and we actually proliferate a lot of these alternative dockets like that. But you get to a point where they've been through the system so many times that you need to ratchet up the sanction. Now, that also makes them, uh, gives them access to, you know, a, a complete different form of rehabilitation in the facility. You know, they're, they're drugs, prisons are not drug-free zones. I can tell you that right now. People yeah, are smuggling our drug, drugging, uh, drugs into prisons. But it is a lot harder to get drugs in prison than it is to get it out on the street. So at least there you have a better chance of drying out. And so increasing the sanctions like that is something that, for frequent flyers, is something you have to do. All right. So in Arkansas, and I'm going to draw on your what's going on in Texas and try to apply it to our state. 
Uh, we are they're so reticent about not building another prison because they're not cheap to build. No, sir. <laughs> and you got to put people to work in them. And more people are leaving their jobs in prisons and are wanting to take the jobs uh, that are in prisons. So how do you view it? I mean, how do you set up a, hier- a hierarchy of who goes behind bars mm-hmm. Who goes to the hard prison? Who goes to the medium prison mm-hmm. type stuff? I mean, how did you guys work all this out? You've been doing it a lot longer than we have. Certainly. I can just draw a parallel to our uh, 2007 experience. You know, we were 17,000 beds short. Talk about needing to build more. And this is after building all the way through the 90s. We're at 160,000 beds. And we need to build 17,000 more. So rather than actually building facilities, you know, the brick-and-mortar prisons, we actually built out a, a you know, many treatment beds for you know a fraction of the price so that allowed us to send our lower level folks now these are still places with bars on the window don't get me wrong but it allowed us to send our low level folks to those kind of facilities to go attempt that treatment not all were successful many i would say most were and go through that way meanwhile the harder criminals the violent criminals the predatory criminals they're the ones that are going to have the more uh, let's say extended stay accommodations uh in the traditional brick and mortar facility (laughs) they they weren't uh, a holiday in uh (laughs) express is what you're saying no sir but uh hopefully they uh, left being smarter for it or however the commercial goes yeah i got you (laughs) yeah yeah, I, I, no, I don't know anything about that, but I did stay at a Holiday Express last night. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm just really interested because there are hardened criminals that will never do well mm-hmm. in the general community. That's hard for some people to understand. It's true. And there's some of them that just want to stay there. They don't want to come out now. They've been in so long, right. they wouldn't fit in society today. How, how, do, how do, does your policy look at that well you you also underscore a very critical perspective is that there there is a big breath a wide swath of criminals from the people that a one offense and they'll never reoffend again no matter what you do to they're going to reoffend many many more times no matter what you do and so what we found the most successful programs that we've implemented are making sure the prosecutors, making sure the judges, even the police when it comes to, uh, whether it comes to pre-booking diversion or anything else that's in the police power, making sure they have as many tools within the complement of their toolbox as it takes for them to get the job done right. Because when it comes to putting people through the criminal justice system, police, prosecutors, judges know a whole lot more about that than you or I. And so making sure they have the options available to them. In Texas, an interesting fact about Texas, so many states that erected these mandatory minimum sentences, you know, are are now thinking about it because it's putting pressure on their population. We never did that in Texas simply because our sentencing brackets are so wide that the prosecutors and judges have the tools they need to get the right sentence for the right guy. All right. Last question for you. With the Texas Public Policy Foundation and looking at incarceration and things of that nature, how about that you guys look at the criminal who's getting out of prison and how he's to secure employment? And that, that is another important issue. The re- issue of reentry is one that is actually uh, the Trump administration has been looking at specifically. He mentioned it both in the State of the Union and the West Virginia retreat a couple days later. You know, so much of... What has been proposed so far on the left is something that's an affirmative right. You know, when you get out, I'm giving you a job. I'm giving you a stipend. We're putting you on this assistance program. That's unnecessary in so many cases. Just get the government out of the way. 
don't have overly restrictive trade policies when it comes, or uh, you know, uh, uh, licensure policies when it comes to someone applying a trade. Yeah, we got to uh, stop the licensing policies that we've. Put it's in just place. a protectionist racket in so many yes, places, it and it doesn't help you or I. It, just get that out of the way. Make sure people can secure um, employment and housing on their own by indemnifying landlords, employers who want to rent or uh, you know hire them. These are all things that the government can do. It's not providing anybody anything, and it really just helps people get back on their feet through their own power as opposed to getting a handout and then er- ergo dependence from the government. Okay, for my listeners, where do they go to learn more about what you're doing in the uh large state of texas where my my wife is from she's from burke burnett and uh of course uh, it's a texas public policy foundation you've heard this organization on my show many times you know it's never bad to look beyond your own borders to see what other states are doing you may not like what they're doing you may find a, a real gym uh, out there as well. And you guys have been doing this for a long time. Yes, sir. Where do people uh, come? Well, they can get to the Texas Public Policy Foundation generally at texaspolicy.com, or they can visit Right on Crime at rightoncrime.com. All right. We appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. Thank you very much.